Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 5. Prisoners and Captives Part 3. I'll stay with him till you bring Mother in, said Bobby. You're not afraid, Missy? Oh, no, said Bobby, looking at the stranger as she might have looked at a strange dog of doubtful temper. You wouldn't hurt me, would you? She smiled at him, and he smiled back, a queer, crooked smile. And then he coughed again, and the heavy, rattling swish of the incoming train swept past, and the station master and Peter and Phyllis went out to meet it. Bobby was still holding the stranger's hand when they came back with Mother. The Russian rose and bowed very ceremoniously. Then Mother spoke in French, and he replied, haltingly at first, but presently in longer and longer sentences. The children, watching his face and Mother's, knew that he was telling her things that made her angry and pitying and sorry and indignant all at once. Well, Mum, what's it all about? Station Master could not restrain his curiosity any longer. Oh, said Mother, it's all right. He's a Russian, and he's lost his ticket. And I'm afraid he's very ill. If you don't mind, I'll take him home with me now. He's really quite worn out. I'll run down and tell you all about him tomorrow. I hope you won't find you're taking out a frozen viper, said the station master doubtfully. Oh, no, Mother said brightly, and she smiled. I'm quite sure I'm not. Why, he's a great man in his own country, writes books, beautiful books. I've read some of them, but I'll tell you all about it tomorrow. She spoke again in French to the Russian, and everyone could see the surprise and pleasure and gratitude in his eyes. He got up and politely bowed to the station master and offered his arm most ceremoniously to Mother. She took it, but anybody could have seen that she was helping him along and not he her. You girls run home and light a fire in the sitting room, Mother said, and Peter had better go for the doctor. But it was Bobby who went for the doctor. I hate to tell you, she said breathlessly when she came upon him in his shirt sleeves weeding his pansy bed. But Mother's got a very shabby Russian, and I'm sure he'll have to belong to your club. I'm certain he hasn't got any money. We found him at the station. Found him? Was he lost, then? asked the doctor, reaching for his coat. Yes, said Bobby unexpectedly. That's just what he was. He's been telling Mother the sad, sweet story of his life in French. And she said, would you be kind enough to come directly if you were at home? He has a dreadful cough, and he's been crying. The doctor smiled. Oh, don't, said Bobby. Please don't. You wouldn't if you'd seen him. I never saw a man cry before. You don't know what it's like. Dr. Forrest wished then that he hadn't smiled. When Bobby and the doctor got to Three Chimneys, the Russian was sitting in the armchair that had been Father's, stretching his feet to the blaze of a bright wood fire and sipping the tea Mother had made him. The man seems worn out, mind and body, was what the doctor said. The cough's bad, but there's nothing that can't be cured. He ought to go straight to bed, though, and let him have a fire at night. I'll make one in my room. It's the only one with a fireplace, said Mother. She did, and presently the doctor helped the stranger to bed. There was a big black trunk in Mother's room that none of the children had ever seen unlocked. Now, when she had lighted the fire, she unlocked it and took some clothes out, men's clothes, and set them to air by the newly lighted fire. Bobby, coming in with more wood for the fire, saw the mark on the nightshirt and looked over to the open trunk. All the things she could see were men's clothes, and the name marked on the shirt was Father's name. Then Father hadn't taken his clothes with him and that nightshirt was one of Father's new ones. Bobby remembered its being made just before Peter's birthday. Why hadn't Father taken his clothes? 
Bobby slipped from the room. As she went, she heard the key turned in the lock of the trunk. Her heart was beating horribly. Why hadn't father taken his clothes? When mother came out of the room, Bobby flung tightly clasping arms around her waist and whispered, Mother, Daddy isn't, he isn't dead, is he? My darling, no. What made you think anything so horrible? I, I don't know, said Bobby, angry with herself, but still clinging to that resolution of hers not to see anything that mother didn't mean her to see. Mother gave her a hurried hug. Daddy was quite, quite well when I heard from him last, she said, and he'll come back to us some day. Don't fancy such horrible things, darling. Later on, when the Russian stranger had been made comfortable for the night, Mother came into the girl's room. She was to sleep there in Phyllis's bed, and Phyllis was to have a mattress on the floor. A most amusing adventure for Phyllis. Directly, Mother came in. Two white figures started up, and two eager voices called, Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires, and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.